Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today's guest is Kim Gross. Kim is a coach who helps people pleasers and perfectionists identify their patterns. She guides them on a journey of self-healing that helps them discover more meaningful connections and also just have the courage to create the life they desire. As a recovering codependent herself, Kim really speaks from the heart on how important it is to move past perfectionism and people-pleasing to powerful in our own lives. Regardless of where you are on the perfectionism or people-pleasing spectrum, I bet you can identify a time, even if it's not now, where you relate to these tendencies, or by listening to this conversation, you might realize you have some habits or patterns that you might not even be aware of that this could help you identify. Kim also hosts the popular podcast, Masks Off, and is a champion for helping people find out exactly who they are behind the masks they wear. She helps people awaken themselves by guiding them to undo patterns, shift their mindset, and stop living for others. I know this is a topic that comes up a ton in my Electric Ideas community, so I'm really excited to share this conversation today. Let's get into it. All right, Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited because I don't always serve my audience, but I felt like you can speak to so many things in the perfectionism and the people-pleasing arena that I, I reached out and I got some feedback. There was an overwhelming amount of women who responded with what they were interested in. So I'm glad we're going to go deep into this topic. And you, I know, are very open about your own journey of overcoming people-pleasing and perfectionism. Let's start here. What's an example of how these tendencies played out in your own life before you had the tools and the awareness that you obviously do now? So the first thing is I'll share a story is that this is when the perfection mask was born for me. So I was around 10 years old and I was in the fifth grade. Prior to that, I was an average student. And my teachers would always say on those parent report cards, Kim is a pleasure to have in class, AKA she's really quiet. She doesn't make a fuss. She doesn't disrupt class. I was not seen and not heard, just played small, stayed in the background. Then my fifth grade teacher said to my mom, I just want to let you know that Kim is really capable of doing so much more than she is. And when I heard him say that, there was this little like light bulb that went off. And I don't know why I was at this conference, because normally you don't go to these parent-teacher conferences, but for some reason I was there and I heard him say that. So then I started to apply myself and I started getting a hundred on my quizzes, getting A's and A pluses. And then it was more of the comments that he put on the paper, like, great job. Excellent. So proud of you. And there was something that was inside of me that just lit up every time I got that external validation. And it helped me to feel like I was worthy 
And now I was finally being seen by someone. And so I learned, okay, if I keep doing this over and over and over again, I'll get more of that external validation. And so then it carried on through middle school, high school, college, whether it was my grades, whether it was in sports or being like president of the class. And then all of a sudden, when I started having all these accomplishments and all these accolades, I started to get the validation at home as well. My parents then were all of a sudden, they were seeing me and like, oh my God, like Kim's great. Kim's wonderful. So then I just learned, okay, if I want to feel good and worthy on the inside, I need to perform and I need to perfect. And when I wasn't performing and I wasn't perfecting, then I didn't get any feedback at all. So it was missing. And then I was scouring for it. That's fascinating that you, you know, can reflect back and see these patterns that started as early as fifth grade that you remember. Here's something I'm curious about because we live in this age where you know me, I'm like super female and hear me roar empowerment. And I want to like lift up the women and the girls and I want them to be inspired and aspire for more. Right. But it has to come from a place of worthiness right? Yes. And it seems like you through obviously lots of your own work and introspection and now through what you teach, you know, you've unhooked from the need to kind of prove yourself to other people or have that external validation. But I, I think a lot of women have this niggle that they're in the perfectionist zone or people pleaser, but they haven't really given themselves space to look at their patterns the way you obviously have. So how can people know, like, how, how do women know if they're a perfectionist or a people pleaser? Well, first of all, one really huge, like red flag would be at the end of the night, are you sitting down with a bottle of wine, a bag of chips? Are you zoning out in front of Netflix? And I'm being a little bit facetious here, but there is a correlation between numbing and using these substitutes to cover up the pain. And what is the pain? The pain is that we are split off from our true and authentic self. We're not in our wholeness. And because we're not in our wholeness and we're feeling empty on the inside, we're just reaching, scouring the whole earth for anything to make us feel better. So more specifically, people-pleasing. Are your relationships unfulfilling? The people in your life, are they unfulfilling relationships? And if they are, then look at, are you putting other people's needs ahead of your own? Are you forgetting to put your oxygen mask on before helping others? Are you feeling guilty anytime you want to go and take care of yourself? Do you say yes when you know you want to say no? That was like a huge one for me. People would say, Kim, can you do this? Can you do that? Hey, can you do this? Or do you want to go here? Do you want to sit here? And I would say, sure, 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 sure. But inside I was dying to say no. And I was dying to speak up and use my voice and say, you know what? I would rather have Italian tonight than to go and have Chinese. But I wouldn't say it because it might cause conflict. So that's a lot of the people pleaser. And there are even more nuances to the people pleaser. That's just the surface. The perfectionist 
if you find yourself procrastinating, lacking motivation, it's often because if things aren't perfect, then don't do it at all. There's this whole sense of, I have to get it all done perfectly and right away, being super uber competent. And if not, then there's a fear of stepping outside one's comfort zone and playing big because if I do, I might fail. And then if I fail, I'm going to feel unworthy on the inside. So don't try at all. I was so conditioned and so known for like being so like horses quick out of the gate, like I'll come quick out of the gate, like just doing everything. And then when I wasn't continuing to get that success or to get the outcomes that I wanted, and I started feeling like I was falling short, I would quit. And I would find excuses like, ah, it wasn't for me or, ah, you know, I don't really need to. And the bar would be so high. That's the other thing. The bar, the standard was set so high that I should know or expect to do something that would take people a long time to learn and figure out like a learning curve. And I would just expect to have it done like that, like yesterday, <laughs> like master something and, and <laughs> imagine learning a new language or something. And I'm supposed to know it in one day. And then this constant inner pressure, inner pressure, the inner dialogue is incessant, not enough, not enough, not enough. So if any of those things are going on for any of your listeners, there most likely is some level to some degree of the people pleaser and the perfectionist. And if you were raised in condition to be a good girl, you've got one of those going on for sure. And if you really, really want to know, I have a quiz on my website. I have a people pleaser and perfectionist quiz. You quote Brene Brown often, which love me some Brene. And one of the quotes that you'd mentioned that I couldn't help but look up again that stuck with me is all perfectionism is, is the 20 ton shield that we carry around hoping that it will keep us from being hurt. Well, you've touched on this and I'm sure that I would guess a lot of women are listening and, and they, I love that you were giving so many examples and that you're also so open about your own life because it sometimes storytelling, that's how people see themselves and things. And they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So what, give us just like a little bit more feel you you've touched on it with your experience, but what do you think is kind of the root cause of all this people pleasing imperfectionism at a little bit of a deeper level? So, I mean, for me, Personally, it was just not being seen or heard or validated for just being. So going back to that example of when I was 10 years old, prior to that, I was like a little girl. I would have fun just playing kickball or walking around in the mud and, you know, or riding my bike and just being. And then I attached an interpretation or a message to some of the things that my mom would say or or other people would say that in order to be worthy, I had to either please or I had to perfect or I had to perform because just being who I inherently was and am was not enough. Like this feeling of not being enough is as old as I can remember from as old as I can remember. That's such a good reflection. And I think something that 
parents are going to take to heart too. I have to be careful personally because I have to remind myself that if my girls are just getting lost doing something like my my daughter that doesn't quote want to take piano lessons, she will just get lost playing the piano and and I I just like bite my tongue, bite my tongue. I'm like cuz sometimes it's like she's got homework or she need, but I'm just like okay, she's being and she's called to that and I really am working on on not jumping in and giving her the that messaging. It's tricky. It's very tricky. It's very tricky. And I do often talk about in a lot of my TikToks and podcasts about the difference between being a human being and a human doing. And our society conditions us to be human doings. And I was literally just talking to a friend about this recently that I feel so uncomfortable when I just am doing nothing and being. And this is another telltale sign of being a perfectionist is to be super productive. Like I have to be productive, producing something all the time. And to just like sit and do absolutely nothing makes me cringe. I'm so uncomfortable in my own skin and I have to be mindful of it. And I have to work at it every day to remind myself that I am the ocean. I am all, you know, and I can just be, just be. So it's so good that you're biting your tongue with your daughter because my kids are 23 and 20. And I wasn't like that when they were growing up, I was more like, you know, got to do, do, do and push, push. And you got to keep up with this one and that one. And oh my God, their schedules would be insane. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a process and you're building so much beautiful awareness now. I think that people are going to see these qualities. And I think, I think everybody has an opportunity to, to practice things that, like you said, like most women, even if it's just society, even if you have parents that didn't pass these messages, there's just, it comes from so many angles right now, I think for women. So if we see some of these people pleasing or perfectionist qualities in ourselves, how do we move past that? You talk about moving from people pleasing to powerful. I think we all want that. Yes. So first of all, I created a five-step power pathway to go from my people-pleasing and my perfectionist prison to my paradise, my powerful paradise, which is a process that you and I just mentioned. It's never, it's not like a quick one and done. I have to go inward on a daily basis and I have to go in and do my work. And there are some little things that people can do. The first thing is to be aware. If you're not aware of the patterns, you won't change anything. Dr. Phil used to say all the time that you have to have awareness before you can change. So that's first and foremost. The second step that I teach in the power pathway is, and I call it owning your shit, because oftentimes especially as a people pleaser, but even a perfectionist, we can, and maybe not even consciously, but we can stay stuck in this place of victimhood, of being the victim. He's this, she's that, he won't do this for me. I can never blah, 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 this, that, you know, a victim to people, places, and things. So we have to own our part. We have to own it. And then The W and the E is really about going inward and healing the belief systems, the inner dialogue, the pain from childhood, and then R is radical responsibility. So what is one thing that listeners can do right now today, even without doing all the inner work 
is perhaps just maybe saying, okay, I'm going to take a baby step. Where is one place where I can just set a boundary and then hold it? So maybe it's you try with your child or you try with your partner. And maybe you are used to going to Italian every weekend because that's what your partner wants. And you really want to have seafood. Can you just set that one boundary and speak up in a certain say, you know what, I would really love to go and have seafood tonight. And then if the person says, no, I really want Italian. Okay, bye-bye. I'm going to go have seafood by myself and see it's going to be scary. And it's going to be really hard if you wear that people pleaser mask really thick. It's going to be hard to do that, but maybe just taking like baby steps. And then in my five-step power pathway, I do teach my clients like conscious communication and ways to have these kinds of conversations. Because if you're a people pleaser, you're going to have someone in your life that's going to have this really strong, probably controlling, domineering personality because opposites attract. And that's what happens with codependence. So it may be really scary to speak up and speak out. So I teach clients how to use conscious communication to have those kind of conversations. I'm so glad you brought up the example of the, this, you know, choosing seafood and like, maybe it's just like, okay, well then I'm going to do that myself. It's crazy how I think for a lot of women, they're like, I'm just go with the flow. Do you find that some of your clients just kind of hide behind that as one of their masks? Oh, totally. And myself included, like I used to do this all the time and I call it the chameleon. Like you just kind of, no matter which group you're with, you kind of just blend in. And when I was in high school, I used to have so many friend groups, but I think it was because I knew how to like twist and transform myself to fit in with that group rather than just being me who I was. And I will also say that it is also a part of my personality. And so the there is a plus side to the people pleaser, which is that they generally are more easygoing. They generally are kind people. They generally are, you know, wanting to help in team players and things like that. So there's the light and dark to everything, right? So yes, the people pleaser is more easygoing and just kind of go with the flow. But then there does come a point where it crosses over into this unhealthy place where you lose yourself. I lost myself in being that easygoing all the time. I didn't even know how to check in with myself to know what did I really want? Did I really want Italian or seafood? I didn't freaking know because it was just such a pattern for me to just say, yes, 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 whatever. Sure. You want this? Yep. Yep. Okay. So it takes going inward and really getting to know myself, what do I really want? And then using my voice to speak up and assert that. That can take courage, but I think, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you'd agree. I've seen when women have the courage to kind of reclaim themselves and use their voice and stand up for what they want and kind of unhook from these unhealthy version of the people pleaser that it actually allows them to forge deeper relationships. You know, at first, maybe there's going to be people who are like, whoa, what happened to you? You know, or maybe critical, but I think that the right people gravitate towards you sometimes is what I've, I've discovered in my own life. The more I step into myself, the more I have just like deeper, deep relationships with people. What have you found? 
Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And we do want the people that aren't going to like the new versions of ourselves to fall away. And that's okay. And that's part of the boundary setting. It might be, you have to walk away from certain relationships or people fall away from you, or maybe you need to just have, if it's like, you know, a mom or sister or something, you just put more time and space between you and them. But definitely the ones who are really wanting to be in your company and can respect and honor you stepping into your sovereignty and stepping into your power. Those are really deep relationships and meaningful. And that's part of the paradise. Beautiful. I think because your kids are grown. So I just feel like I'd be remiss not to ask about this because a lot of women, when I was inquiring about this in my community, just talked about the guilt. You touched on it really early. Guilt. Oh, it's the worst feeling, you know, and mom guilt is real. I don't care where you are on the spectrum. We've all had those times. If you're a mother, what advice do you have about sitting with or dealing with guilty feelings as a mom? Mm, I love that one. And that's one I still continue to work on. I just did a piece of inner work just today on mom guilt just today. And that's the W and the E part of my power pathway, because you just named it. It's about going inward and sitting with, but it's not about going inward and just like, ah, feeling the guilt and just barraging ourselves with more and more. And like, like having that inner dialogue going on at the same time, it's about bringing in a loving presence, whether it is our adult self, our wise self, whether it's a deity or some kind of loving presence that can come in and nurture the inner parts because it's our inner child that is feeling guilty. Our adult self knows we did the best we could with what we had at the time. We were conditioned the same way by our parents. So it's about bringing in this loving presence that can really just go in and nurture that part of ourselves that we can otherwise cut off like, oh, guilty part, like cut off from that part of ourselves. And we don't want to do that because then we're not in our wholeness. We have to integrate and include every part of our being. If we're going to be whole, we can't be in our wholeness and say, well, I like this part and I like that part, but you know, part over there, that's 20 pounds overweight. You go over here and part that was really awful to the kids. You go over here. So that mom guilt has to be integrated and has to be included. And it's a process. Definitely a process. Well, you've done a lot of work and have gone through a lot of your own self-development. What's your best advice for a younger version of yourself? What do you wish you would have known? I wish I would have remembered. It's not even that I known. I wish I could have remembered and held on to the fact that I am the ocean, not the waves. Ocean being my essence, my, my true self. We all come into this world as babies, knowing that we are worthy of love and belonging, we just forget. We forget it because we're conditioned and told that we're otherwise. So if I was able to somehow hold on to that, you know, I can remember when I was a little girl, I would go up to my aunt's place during the summers on a lake. And I can remember that the lake was just in the morning, like how calm and still it was. And I would just take the rowboat out And just, it was like glass, like you could see your reflection in the lake. That's how calm and still it was. And that stillness, I just remember so vividly and clearly feeling 
that stillness. Like that's who I was, the energy of that stillness. And that's, that's who we all are, you know? And I just felt so connected with the universe in those moments as a little, little girl, I couldn't name it or know what it was. I just know I experienced it and I felt it. And then as I got older, I I lost it because I got caught up in the pattern of people pleasing, performing and perfecting. What a gorgeous remembering. Thank you. (laughs) I always close my episodes with the same question. And that's what's one question women should be asking themselves more. Women should be asking themselves. I think what I was just saying, how do I return to my wholeness? How do I return? How do I claim my wholeness? Because once we come from wholeness, once we live from our wholeness to the best of our ability, everything else falls into place. All the patterns fall away. We're more in the seat of the self. We're in that awareness. And life flows so much more easily that way. It doesn't mean that we don't still have pain. We still have pain. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. I'm so with you on this. I know that women are going to want to learn more from you, Kim. And so where can we find you? So I'm so excited. Literally just yesterday, my facelift on my website just went live. So it's, (laughs) yeah, I'm so excited. So it's, kimgrosscoaching.com. And then that's where my quiz is. They can take the quiz and I'm on TikTok. Uh, You've seen me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I can give you all those links if you want them. Sure. Yeah. We'll make, send us, send away and we'll make sure to capture in the show notes. My podcast masks off is another place to find. Yes. Yes. Okay. Kim, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Thanks, Whitney. It was a great conversation. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at WhitneyWoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.